0: For full accident management support, including motor replacement, repairs and personal injury compensation claims, just search G4 Claims today.
1: Uh, Hi and welcome to this week's episode of the DW Podcast. I am joined by Craig Telfer, football journalist, uh, host of A View from the Terrace on BBC Scotland. How are you doing?
0: I'm I'm great, Derek. Thank you very much for asking me onto the show. Really appreciate it.
1: No worries. I was uh, for those that are watching or listening. We're actually recording this on a Saturday morning, so I was watching you last night as we were exchanging emails, and I thought you know what. The show's, the show's going from strength to strength,
0: isn't it? I, I was good. I, I thought that we, when we finished the recording on Wednesday, I had a good feeling about about the show because there was lots of funny moments in it, some really good bits in the studio. You know when you're with the guys and, and you're, you're filming, you know that the bits are going to work particularly well. And I think last night you had my all-time favourite section of the show, and that's where Danny Lennon, the Clyde manager, and who... Just a brilliant, funny, funny guy, very uh, very unique look at football, and he's a bit of a cult figure, the, what he's done in the League Cup with Wraith uh, Rovers and scoring at the Olympic Stadium against Bayern Munich and winning the Cup with St Mirren, and it was brilliant to get to talk to him, and we spoke, must have spoken with him for, for about an hour when we were filming and only like about 12 minutes made it into the actual show. So there's loads of stuff they had to cut out, but that was uh, that, that was good and it seems to have been well received. So I'm I'm pleased uh, pleased where the show's been going. We always try, certainly m- myself, it's great to hear people, like, like you say, you say that you enjoy the show. I always think, well, that's great, but that means the next one's got to be even better. So it's always just trying to Every episode to be better than the than the last one, and that's something that that everyone, right from us in front of the camera to the guys behind the scenes, are all pushing each other to try and do.
1: You know, uh, I love it. I'm a big fan of you for the terrace, and, and I've got a lot of friends that are, are Motherwell fans and, and say similar. But I feel that it's almost for me. I like it because it's not that old firm driven. You know, it's it's either looking at the lower leagues. And I've heard people often say, you know what, oh, they know so much about Scottish football. The Scottish football geeks, you know, how can they know all this? It's like, and I think it's refreshing to be honest, Craig.
0: I uh, that's a, that's a, a people have said. I think that the obviously Rangers and Celtic, the two biggest supported teams in in the country, and there's there's loads of places. If you're a Rangers and Celtic fan and you want to hear exclusively about your club, amazing. There, there's so many places you can hear. You mean even before you come onto the mainstream media, there's so many fan podcasts, so many fan websites. And then you look at, say like the record or the sun or or like super scoreboard places that are specifically more or less specifically designed for, for for Rangers and Celtic fans. And and that's fine, but there's so many good stories. There's there's another 40 clubs in the SPFL. And that's even before you go into the, the, the lowland league and the highland league, so many great stories in there. And I think that's something that we've tried to do is to, to celebrate all the daftness, all the ridiculousness, all the, you know, Scottish football is such a unique sport. It's very difficult to try and explain why it's so unique, but you know yourself, Derek, from from watching it and watching Motherwell and you're, you're following a team who probably that you're never going to win a league. Probably well, maybe apart from this season, probably too good to get relegated. Oh, don't got. You know, I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a country where, other than the two teams, success is very limited. But it still it doesn't make it any less passionate. And I think that was that was for us. It's all about finding the news stories where, where stuff is. So if Cowden Beef have done something really interesting at the weekend, if, if Brecon or Annan or Falkirk or Motherwell have done something really interesting at the weekend, you talk about that. Likewise, if Rangers do something interesting at the weekend, or Celtics do something, or Hibs, or Hearts, then you talk about it. It's not, we're not driven by the clubs. We are driven by the stories. And lucky for us, we've got 42 teams. Well, prior to the, the shutdown, excuse me, there, there was 40 teams to talk about. But it's all, that's it, just finding the stories. And it's not all just about the the, the two teams.
1: You'll think I'm having a go at you here, but I'm certainly not. The, the bits that I enjoy are the bits where you guys aren't, on the screen as well, you know, I well, think, that's
0: was, the bits I
1: enjoy the most as well, man, so don't, yeah, uh, all have, you know, do a cracking job, but you know, I, I think you do a, really, really good job at capturing the stories away from the pitch, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a chat with uh, Daniel Lambert, who's the chief executive He means over in Ireland, and, and he's right. going the podcast in a couple of weeks, for, for those oh, that yeah. are listeners, but, we spoke about, you know, especially in Scotland, and also in the League of Ireland, Like, you're never ever going to compete with the Premiership, you know, you're yeah, never yeah. going to compete with a Liga or the Bundesliga, but, as you says, there's these 42 clubs, you know, and, and what they've got is they've got stories away from the pitch where they're really ingrained in their community. You know, there's yeah. clubs that have been there for over a century yeah. and more, you know, and, and the work that they do is some of these things that you've captured, I think, have been absolutely brilliant. You know, it's, it's the programme collectors, the guys that are collecting the stickers, it's, you know, the, the person that goes and cuts the grass or the person that goes in the mascots. That you know, it's, it's really Aye. different. And that's what makes these clubs special
0: i think I think you 're absolutely right there, I think you're absolutely right where it's, it's good to you know to be part of the the studio sections and that's great for i mean like good friends with the guys and so it's good to good to hang about with them and chat about football, but I think that's something that the show does very well that's something that we're not really involved in as presenters, so a lot of credit has to go to Andy Mass who's the producer and Jordan Laird, the director, incredibly talented guys, incredibly creative guys and I remember Jordan explaining. The, the thinking behind it, and it's always start with a question. So, for instance, a, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the Montrose groundsman, did a profile of the Montrose groundsman, which was brilliant. You know, came across as such a nice guy. And it was the question was, what does a groundsman do when there's no football? Let's go to Montrose and, and, and find out. So it's, it's all just about asking the questions and then trying to answer them through these videos. So one of the most celebrated VTs that we've done in our View for the Terrace is with Eriskei the the sort of in the, is it the outer Hebrides certainly fucking miles away in the in the middle of nowhere this island and it was the idea of like what's the most remote away day in Scottish football I, I, that so the start with that question I went over to Eriski for a, a weekend to film and the the footage that they got from that was just Stunning, absolutely stunning. I remember we have prior to the prior to the coronavirus pandemic, we would meet at through in leaf at the studio something that's production company at the studio something offices, and I I got there about twenty minutes before everyone else, and I was asked in, and they were they were cutting this video, and the we look at the stuff they were filming, and you're just like, my goodness, this is beautiful, like drone shots of like this these guys playing in a pitch, a pony. Wild, pack of wild ponies running past as this game's taking place and it's just it's incredible and they do so well at, at capturing as you say man the richness the stories the people and it's it's not just all about the game on the Saturday and the 90 minutes and the players and the pitch and the managers football means so much to to so many different people and there's so many different ways that that people in the communities feed into it if you know what i mean and that's something that's delighted to see that, that that the the guys who do the vts hugely talented guys and i do think they capture that
1: really well i think what comes across as well uh, away, away from the vts is you know you says that you love being around the guys and these are friends and you enjoy it and you can see that you know you, you can see that you've the, the boys have done the podcast before this have known each other in the build-up to the, the tv show because I think sometimes you can watch things, for example, I'm going to compare you to something like Match of the Day or, you know, all these usual football panel shows, whereas it's pundits that have been chucked together, you know, and sometimes they might click, sometimes they might not, but the, the joy is seeping out of you is when you're recording it. You can see you're trying to, hide the, the, the wee laughs and jokes and, and actually rein yourself in slightly because you're having so much fun?
0: Aye. It's been, I'd say, have to be professional. You know, you're there, to, fundamentally, you're there to work. You know, you're there to, to make a TV show. And that, so that, that's first and foremost. Just in case hey, Andy, Andy Mass is listening and I am <laughs> sound like I'm totally goofing off. But no, you're there to first and foremost You're to make a TV show. But it's the fact is that we're very, very lucky to have had the opportunity to do this with, with guys that you've been friends with for a number of years that you you know how each other click. You know how to wind each other up. You know the, the questions to ask each other. We know what whose who's certain personalities are good for for certain things. So, for instance, in last night's show, we did a preview for the, the League Cup talking about who's going to win between St. Johnson and Livingston. And we knew that Fowler and Joel are really, really good at talking about something, getting passionate about it, and then getting myself and Sean to chip in with questions and maybe like needle them a wee bit to 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 draw out different answers. So we've it's that chemistry is, is there, and that's certainly something we play up with. I remember when the the show first started back. So it's been nearly two years since the first episode was first broadcast. But people said they don't look very natural, and, and I remember at the time thinking, oh, I, I, I don't know about that. It, it feels natural to me because I'm, I'm hanging out with my friends, but. Now that we're further down the line and we have got a far better idea of what it is we're doing, as you go in there and you know exactly what buttons to press and and the and how to how to wind people up and uh, that, that that's certainly I, I'd like to think that that comes across. So I can understand people watching and just thinking these guys are fannies. This just isn't for me. I don't like these guys. Don't like the way they're, they're talking about football, and that's fair enough. You know, it's like, I think if you were imagine you were at the pub and you're sitting across from my table for a bunch of guys who are being loud, and you're just like, fucking hell, I hate these guys. I don't want it in my way. Or you could be thinking, ah, oh, these guys might be quite funny. Uh, it's just it's just one of those things. But for me, getting to hang out with my mates and, and talk about football, it's uh, its a gift, man. Very, I very
1: important you say that as well, because not everybody will like what you do. You know, and it's, it's important to know that that doesn't mean that you're not having a successful show, or that doesn't mean that it's not good. You know, it, it just means that you've got a different audience to a certain degree. You know, man, it's like... Football is Robert Borthwick,
0: and I had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago. And if you're making a, sh- a TV show in Scotland that's going to be about football or politics, you're going to it's going to be quite divisive. Like, I've seen, I mean, I don't go searching for the comments because they don't do you any good. If someone says it's shite, what are you getting from that? You know, you're not being cons it's nothing constructive, you can't take that on board and <laughs> think. It. I'll be I'll be, that's, that's it. we'll make the next show not shite then you can't do anything with that so it's, it's just for your own good it's, it's trying to to, to 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 stay away from them and I think that sometimes particularly like Rangers and Celtic supporters don't take to the show as much because we take the piss out of Rangers and Celtic but we take the piss out of Rangers and Celtic the same way we do out of Stennis Muir or, or Annan or Breakin, like the same way we talk about Rangers and Celtic with the same respect as we give all the other clubs. It's all about like a, a level playing field. You know, the, the clubs get made fun of as much as they, they, they get um, talking up about. It. And I think that's something that we do quite well on the show is every team gets their place. It goes back to the same: what's the news story? What's the story? And giving everyone their place and their respect.
1: I'll ask you this, you since you went on about slagging football clubs. Is, is there any uh, that haven't taken it too well? Yeah, I haven't taken it too well. Um, the,
0: <laughs> the the guy, the admin from Aloha Athletic, the the Twitter <laughs> admin. I don't <laughs> know if you've seen his stuff. Aye, that, that dug, dug him out for for being a bit chippy. He had actually posted on Pine Bovril, so it's, it's, it's common knowledge that he he wanted to write a reply from the from the show. So he didn't he didn't take take to that well, but not really. Most of the clubs, the the further up you go. The, the clubs are difficult to, to deal with because they're big clubs and them appearing on like regional BBC TV, it's for them it's, ah, it's a, it might be a nice thing but but we we can not it's no big to us. You come further down though uh, the the clubs are, are just brilliant to work with. Like for instance Stenhouse Muir, Montrose Arbroath, uh Airdre, Forfer all been incredible like Breakin City, like all these smaller clubs that have got like you know, we mentioned earlier, like the community feel to it, they've been they've been great. So anytime the guys have wanted to shoot a VT or go in and work in these clubs could not be more helpful in terms of sorting out sorting out people like making the space for them to, to come in, making sure they get access to the players and to the into the manager. So it, it's great. It really seems to it really seems to have been embraced by excuse me the like like some, some clubs in scotland but for other teams like there was there was one in uh, where we were making a, a vt it was about it was called swapsies it was like an Albion rovers fan and a celtic fan so you've got the biggest club in the country against the most unfashionable i mean they don't even know first name like Albion and rovers you know the, the more the most unfashionable clubs in the country and it was the idea that the celtic fan would go to clifton hill and spend the, spend the day there, see what the fuss is about. And then the Albion Rovers family would accompany her to Celtic Park and watch a game there. And they went to Clifton Hill, but they couldn't get permission. Celtic just didn't give them permission to, to film at, uh, at Celtic Park. It was a bit disappointing, but, you you know, like the way Celtic would probably see it is like, don't really need the, there's no skin off our back, whereas the smaller clubs further down are perhaps more likely to, you know, engage because it's a, a platform they might not necessarily have had before.
1: I, I think that, poses a bigger question in Scottish football and Scottish football media to a certain extent is that we don't do enough in my opinion to, to talk up the game you know and to actually sell these stories that we harked on about earlier you know in the community and actually say mm-hmm. yeah there's two teams that dominate the league but there's so much more happening out here and, and the fact that you get barriers like that in, in the Premier League in Scotland for me it just opens up a, a whole can of worms you know it's like uh, the, anything that we can be doing to, to shout about our game and you know and why we're proud about it and why we've got the most uh, attendance per heavy, head of capita across the whole mm-hmm. Europe, you know, has to be positive. And, and clubs yeah. are just such a closed book. You know, I sometimes feel if it's not them that's putting the content out there, they don't want anything to do with it. And yeah, th-
0: you know, something I think you might be right there. I think there are clubs that, that do that tell the story that, that, that do it quite well. Like Celtic and Rangers have got good in-house teams. Like Motherwell, Mother Motherwell, social media. Can sometimes be a wee bit live, laugh, love at times, you know. And I can, um, but the stuff like inside Motherwell, the, the, the documentaries are, are are very, very well put together, you know. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. So if you're Motherwell, you'd be like, Well, we're telling the story ourselves. We don't, I mean, not that Motherwell, we've had any issues with Motherwell or anything like that, but but do you know what I mean? if the clubs might see, Well, we're doing a good job of it ourselves, we don't necessarily need anyone to, to come and do it and maybe like put their own spin on it. We can we can do that. We can talk about uh, Chris Long's time in the gym or what I just watched an episode a couple of days ago and it was Chris Long talking about being in the gym. Uh, you know that, that that sort of stuff. So I, I can I can see it. If the big clubs can control their own narrative, they will. Whereas the smaller clubs who don't necessarily have the resources, they're more likely to to, to embrace. Folk coming in and, and doing it for them, uh, but you're right. It's it's a it's a funny one, and, and there have been obstacles that that we've encountered when when trying to to put the show on. And we never try to catch anyone out or, or do any any anyone wrong. We're just let's like say trying to tell nice stories and, and have a bit of a laugh uh, along the way, and and you hope at some point that that everyone can just like buy into that and just allow us to go in there and as I say, make videos and, and tell
1: stories. You, you touched on something that I think you know. Very prevalent is that the clubs want to tell their own story. You know, they they don't want someone else doing it. And a lot of that, I think, and and probably I don't think it's it's true. You know, it's because they want to paint the players in their own light. You know, they don't want external sources coming in and saying this player's disruptive or this player's that. You you mentioned the the Chris Long one at Motherwell, uh, and they had a clip with Chris saying, "You know, everyone thinks I'm moody and my head's down all the time, but I'm really a positive guy." for me, I watch Motherwell every week and I'm probably talking out of tongue here, but that doesn't come across, you know. So and I, I get why the clubs are trying to do that. You know, I, I think they've done a very, very good job at Motherwell, for example, with Tony Watt, where yes. Tony's been at various clubs uh, across Europe, across Scotland, and he's found it hard to settle. You know, he'll probably never get off the back of that scoring two goals against Barcelona and that'll always hang over him, which is not a bad thing to have hanging over you, to be fair. But they've done a very good job at painting him and this is the real Tony What You know, he's such a nice guy. He helps out in the community. You know, he's a hard-working football player and he'll give you his all. And that, and that's so true. But at the same time, I think, you know, the, the relationship between football clubs and media is so structured and so formal that sometimes you don't get the real person coming through. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at some of the, the interviews for the 80s and 90s, and players have just been off the back and done an interview with a journalist without the club even knowing about it. You know, and they've yeah. told them the whole life story and they've got some hilarious, you know... <laughs> Things get out there. It's just like that thing's missing now. Like, does it have to be so polished?
0: I can understand why you'd want it polished. You want to just stick to the message, you know. And and it's, it's a bit of a cliche. You just want the, the players to focus on the football. I think that the the higher up the food chain you go, that the, the players are, the, the it's, it's quite difficult for players because there's more riding on them. They'll have more at stake. So. They might not want to share certain per, per, like personal aspects about their about, about their life They don 't want to share with journalists they just want to talk about football, but then on top of that you 've got social media which allows you to connect with players and and fans players and fans can connect with each other in ways that you you'd never had that Christ even. Like what? Twelve years ago, before like the prevalence of Instagram and, and and Twitter, you would you would never have had that. So I think it's for, for a lot of them it's all bit. I think it's controlling the narrative would, would be the, the the expression. And if you can put stuff out there on your own that you know is, I talking about Chris Long, a version of the of of of, of the truth, then then that's that that then that's that's fine. Whereas if someone else gets it, they can they can twist and maybe distort it, maybe not paint it necessarily in the light that that you would that you would want it to to, to go. So I can see I can see that the, the the way it is. I think that, that certainly what we've done anyway on on a view for the terrace is anytime we've had a guest in or anytime we've done a VT with someone is don't think anyone's come out badly from it. You know everyone comes across well and everyone's got a everyone's got an interesting story and it's all about sharing that story from the guy they were last night, the chaplain at Queen of the South to a few weeks ago with Ryan Stevenson on talking about his tattoos and it's, I, I just don't think that's the thats the sort of stuff not trying to catch anyone out but as I said I can understand why clubs might be reticent to not to have, have access to, to their players or, or make sure the players stick to a, a certain message
1: You've got your journalistic hat on here Craig you've been too diplomatic for me I'm letting you hang you
0: no, I'm away. <laughs> Well, No, no, no. But it's, it's, we did a section, I think it was last week we did a section where you basically put players in court, you know, players that wind you up and annoy you. And one, we, we filmed three of them and only used two. And one of them was Jason Cummings. That, that Sean McGowan was talking about Jason Cummings. And I mean, if you think of Jason Cummings, what's the first thing that comes into your head? You think this guy's a gobshite, you know? Yeah, He's got the like Joker tattoo, isn't it? Right, Joker tattoo. He's a gobshite that he tried to chuck a TV out a window when he was staying down in Peterborough. Someone who is can be a, a pretty good striker, particularly at championship level, as he proved with, uh, with Hibernian. But someone who is, is is a bit of an arsehole, and 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 perhaps that stops him from from reaching his potential. And he, I'm sure he did an interview, might be with Marvin Bartley. I think Marvin Bartley was doing an Insta, a thing, yeah, Instagram. When, when Instagram as well, I'm sure yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Aye. I mean, I think he of Jason Cummings on, and Jason Jason was like, "I'm just, I feel like um, anytime I join a club, the manager moves on. It's a new manager who who doesn't fancy me." So. Now he's at Dundee, this is a, a real chance for to, for him to, to, to show who he is. But one of the points he made was that people don't like people with personality. They just want all their the strikers or their the, the players just to, you know, give bland, boring interviews. And while I disagree with that, it's like you can only, I think you can give interviews where you show off your personality and have a view of exuberance, but you need to back it up on the football pitch and that is if he's like I mean I've seen him play a couple of times watched him Dundee versus Queen of the South last weekend he scored it was a defensive mistake he wasn't very good and it's like if you if you're not playing well then fans can can be like Ayak Cummings are a gobshite you know you know stuff like that it's easy for for that personality that exuberance to be turned against you and it's that's I think that's quite a that's quite a sad thing because I'm sure Jason Cummings is actually good value and he is probably like a, a nice guy to hang around with. And I'm, I, I've no doubt he would give a, an interview that's a 100 times better than than most other people. But that exuberance and that confidence and that, that arrogance and that swagger, it can be used against you. So that's probably why players, when they get cameras stuck in front of them, they're just like, give the most boring,
1: most <laughs> obvious answers and then fuck off up the road, you know, awesome. so they, they don't yeah. have to do it anymore. The Cummings one's a great point. I've seen, I've seen an interview that he done recently and he, he was saying that, you know, people don't like players with characters in the game anymore and, and he, he mentioned Gaza and uh, I think the other one was maybe Maradona or something, you know, and you're thinking, you it's it's, like, boys are top of the game, you know.
0: Aye, it's like Paul Gascoigne was one of the most exciting players to play in Scotland over yeah. the last 30 years. Maradona's the best player of all time yeah. and then there's, there's here and there's Jason Cummings sort, of, sort of down there. So, aye, it's say. Uh, Maybe I would use different examples. I've always said Jason Cummins
1: there. I want to talk about your journey, Craig, because you know, for me, the first time I came across you was on the BBC presenting yeah. this show. But you know, you've put a lot of hard work in to get there. You know, and yeah, and I think a lot of people don't know that they just see you, you four or five boys pop them up and think, oh, where did these guys come from?" I say, uh,
0: I, I suppose I got into. Journalism. I know you introduced me as a journalist. I can't even really call myself a, a journalist. So suppose i just like
1: a, you've got a-, a,
0: a lucky jobber. That's how, I, <laughs> that's how I describe myself. But I got involved. I started, I went to uh, Calidori University to do a postgrad in journalism in 2011. And that really opened up the sort of avenues as to, to where you can take it. I always loved writing. And I thought that I did an undergrad at uh, University of Glasgow in English Literature just because I thought, well... I like writing, so let's learn about books and and, and poems and stuff and, and and all that. But then I had the chance to go and do a postgrad in journalism, and that really gave you the the opportunity to to see like like not just from write the, the aspect of being a written journalist, but video, radio, like how to how the the internet is changing and it's changed. I mean, that was back in two thousand and ten. It has changed so much yeah. since then. And at that point, you're encouraged to to write. You're you're encouraged to keep on writing. And I started a blog about Stenhouse-Muir. I thought that's the thing I enjoy the most. I'm there most weeks, so I'll write, keep a blog in and write it about Stenny. And from that, sharing that on Twitter, that opened up yourself to new audiences, like people who aren't necessarily Stenhouse-Muir fans, but fans of clubs around that level who might be interested in reading more about what's going on at the Warriors. And I met a guy on Twitter called John Maxwell. John, at the time, was writing a blog called Ross County Tactics. <laughs> and it is as it says in the tin, it's a blog where he would analyse Ross County games um, and and, and talk about them. And this was the time where Ross County went on that 40 game unbeaten run that took them from the first division up into the up into the, the SPL it was at the time. And John and I had a discussion. Like, I like I like the like John, the uh, being a funny guy, good, good writing stuff. And so we follow each other and started discussion on Twitter. And it must have been about February 2012, we had the idea like, why don't we start a website that, that focuses on the Scottish Lower Leagues from the first division down to the third division? And 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 write about it and, and talk about it with a like in a mature way. I think a lot of the time when you see the lower leagues discussed in the the broadsheets it would be when Albion Rovers got a cup draw against Rangers yeah. you know like Breakin are playing Celtic and they'll go down and fall a, Bre- a Breakin player who's a plumber you <laughs> know it's something, something the cliched stuff the daft stuff like that and we won't say no let's go and write about these games and, and, and do it justice and interview players and so on so Weirdly enough, though, we, we, that was the time before Rangers went into administration and then had to start again in the third division. So, for, for the, the division had never really had any attention. All of a sudden, it was getting the most attention it would ever get in its life. But we wanted to show that it's not just about who our Rangers are playing every week. You know, you had all these other great teams in the, in the second division and first division to talk about. So, John and I started that. We got um, we approached another couple of people to to write with us. One of them was Sean McGuigan. And there was another guy, Alistair Gemmel, and the four of us and a, a few other people like Craig Anderson um, and a few few other people would we, all chip in and we, we had the website going. And for the fact, I say it was success, and I mean success in the, the smallest the smallest term possible because there's only, uh, no, for the best all in the world, you could write about Annan versus Clyde. The audience is going to be quite small for it.
1: But that I mean, the summer
0: of 2013... Right,
1: it? Because it might be a small audience, but it's probably a large audience from that small catchment. Yeah, you know, th- th- I think, think you're right, aye. And with the, the,
0: so after the first year it had been going, we got approached by Craig Fowler and said like, they had been on the terrace. They were doing one show a week and they were referring a lot to, to the stuff we'd written and tell them he's pelly. And I think Fowler had the idea, do you want to come on the show? We're going to expand the podcast to one on a Monday and one on a Thursday and then one on a Thursday talk about the lower leagues. So I was like, of course. That sounds amazing. I'd, I'd be I'd be delighted to get involved, and for that season, the thirteen fourteen season, I would regularly travel pretty much every week through to Edinburgh to, to talk with Fowler and Joel Tony Anderson, excuse me, about it. And it was great, and it got a bit much, you know, to having like working through in Glasgow. I mean, you know, I ended up working for it for Caledonia University, where, where I'm still. am just now in in, in communications, and. But there, So I cut it down to sort of doing it once a month and it was great being able to go on and just like, and some look forward to go through to Edinburgh and the terrace ranks swelled up and there was 14 of us in, in, involved in it and it's great fun. But then fast forward, so this is quite a long story, but fast oh. forward to 2018 and Fowler gets a DM from a guy at the BBC Scotland, uh, from for the BBC even, a guy called David Haran that says, we're launching this new channel. The BBC Scotland channel and we're looking for a weekly, hour-long show about Scottish football. Any chance you guys could see about developing the terrace into a into a TV show? And Fowler puts if you've got a WhatsApp group chat. Fowler puts in the group chat and you think, fuck off, Fowler. Somebody's 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 at yeah, at it here. There's no chance. A bunch of slobs talking about Talking about okay. folk and <laughs> yeah and Ray rovers and all that nobody cares nobody nobody cares but Fowler went and had a meeting with the guy and, and sure enough that he 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 was interested he'd, he'd listened to the podcast for a number of years and and thought there was something in there that 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 could be developed and. He put So Robert Borthwick works for the company Studio Something, who are a creative agency that do like marketing, adverts, like a whole very, very talented guys. And it just so happened they were looking to try and make the steps to get into television. So Robert set up stuff between Fowler and the guys at Studio Something, Jordan, who, who uh, Jordan Laird, to the director that worked for them. And they were like, yeah, I think, I, think, I think we could. So on, I think it was August, September 2018, we made the pilot. Through and leaf, and that's the best day of my professional life. It's so much fun. Pitching up the the five of us uh, and just this this bespoke studio down in Leith. All this football memorabilia on the walls. It was like the Clyde wet, wet, wet tops. Oh, I love them. They were on
1: the show last night, actually. The Yeah,
0: aye, the, the, the Scots footy cards guy. Uh, the, the Tartan Scotland top from Euro 96, McCoy's nine in the back. All these brilliant photos. It looked amazing. You're going in there and there's a camera set up and the sound guy and none of us had done anything like this at all. So you are like, fucking hell, this is... This is this is this is this is insane.
1: Were made the show. Were you were you worried? Were you a bit? Are we just like to just lose just Let's just give it a know, A bit of both, Derek. A bit of both. Like we, we are. It's
0: like never done anything like this. Is you've got one opportunity to do it, so you're really looking, But at the same time, you're hanging out with your mates. They all want the same thing as much as you. The guys behind the cameras are all great. Everyone's all pulling in the same direction. So we made the show. Never thinking of it, like there was. I think there was four other companies involved for it. Never thinking a million years we we get picked. We actually had a premi a premiere for it. Hired out the Dominion Theatre in Morningside in really? Edinburgh and, and watched the the first episode. The episode and it's like this is great, but I'll never go anywhere. And then a couple of months later, Robert lets us know that that we were the ones that have been selected for it. And it was it's bizarre. Like never in a million years did, did think that we'd be doing on TV. You know, for something that. Something we just loved, you know, just as mates talking about football, to, to thinking that somebody thought there might be something in here. So it was like always a combination of like hard work, like because everyone who's involved with the podcast works incredibly hard to, to make it as good as possible and to promote it and share it. But then luck as well. It wasn't as if we had a, a product like this. We made a TV show and then we're taking it out to people. It was a fact that David Haran at the, the BBC thought. there might be something in here and then then, then getting selected so I I, I, you know the expression you make your own
1: luck I totally agree with that I think it's I think that's the case for that's the case for a view for the terrace yeah it's it's hard work there but also luck you know and and it's also that you had a track record of doing something successfully you know and and people believed in your product yeah uh, uh, do you know who you were up against in the pilot
0: there was a couple of companies that I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, yeah. it, was, it was something that's never really been, uh, never really been discussed with us. But I, I'm not really that bothered, you know, because because it's, uh, it turned out it turned out all right for it turned out all right for us. But I do remember there was a podcast that David Harren was on. It was a Nutmeg podcast was talking about it, and he spoke about the the shows, the five pilots that went in, and four of them, the four of them were all. They, he said they were all really, really good. And there was no, no doubt that they could have been adapted and turned into a successful show that could have ran for the weeks. But he said the four shows were here and then of Youth, the Terrace was like out out there a bit. So that's why they they, they selected that one because we did something like completely different. I mean, under the pilot, we'd went to end up going into the main show, but we did like Big Duncan Mackay went to Wraith Rovers dressed up as the, the mascot. And the other VT was the... Are, are both highlights filmed in the style of Wes Anderson.
1: Yeah,
0: And that is, I'd never seen anything like that before, where it's just incre- basically a game of football in the Scottish League One that is filmed in such a quirky and bespoke and beautiful it's style. Great. And that was just some... That, you'd never seen stuff like that. So uh, when David says, four of the pilots were here, another one was out there... When you think back to think you think, ah, maybe, maybe that, that's, that's where that,
1: that comes from. And it also takes, you know, in the commissioner or, or in David, someone at the BBC, it takes a, a leap of faith, doesn't it? Because oh, it's yeah. so comfortable to go away. Oh, this is the tried and tested. You know, yeah. here's a few guys talking about football on a couch, you know, and then they'll show you highlight reels or so. You know, no, I, actually yeah, say yeah. that, you know, we're, we're going to uh, put a, a game of football on filmed like Wes Anderson. People will be like, shut up!" You know, I know. I love, that. I love that someone in there has thought, Do you know what, we're gonna go with the guys and it's it's, right. it's
0: what because it could have been you're absolutely right, it could have been easy enough for them to say, Well, we like the idea, but we're gonna we're gonna replace the presenter, we're gonna put Mikey Stewart in, you know, or, yeah, or yeah. you know, some like that. it's like we like this idea where it's a bit more informal, but we want established names and faces. So it could have been easy enough for them to to take the idea and then punt Fowler, me, Joel, Sean, and, and Robert off, and, and get other people. Maybe like because because like I said earlier, like Jordan ha- hadn't done any TV before. This is the, this is the first time he's gone to TV. Uh, he's never done it. Let's get let's get a, a more established director and and, and changed like like the, the fabric of it. But for them to say no, these guys these guys haven't done anything. But we're going to stick with it. Like I'll be forever in debt to like David Haran and that commissioning team at the BBC for 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 taking a chance on us. I know we all will. But it's, it's it's it must be like for so, so many things in life. If someone can just take a chance on you and then and, and let give you that opportunity to, to to run, then then it's great and great things can happen. And and I I, I hope that we can always keep uh, David and everyone who's believed in us uh, keep keep those uh, standards high.
1: One of my best friends, Martin, is a, an avid fan of the podcast and, and is a Patreon and, and has been for a long time. And when I, when I told him I was speaking to yourself, he says. You'll need to ask Craig how, how he ended up presenting it. You know why is it not Fowler? Because Fowler, it says, ask him if it's causing good looks.
0: <laughs> well, if it's causing good looks, then I think we both know the answer to that one. It's uh, I uh,
1: having a, a bit of a, a laugh, but uh, hopefully Fowler doesn't take that too personally. Uh,
0: well, you know something. I, I've absolutely it's something I, I've I, I've actually never asked. In fact, I'll ask him the next time I see him. When the the, the so it started off thinking as this is going to be a, this is a joke. Somebody's having you on Fowler. To no, we're going to make the we're going to make the, the this uh, this pilot. I remember talking to Sean about it at the time, and Sean and I thought that everyone else who's involved with the terrace is uh, like supports top flight teams. No, that's changed with uh, Hearts and Dundee going down. But everyone supports top flight teams. So I thought they would talk about the, the top flight football, and then for five minutes each show, me and Sean would be wheeled out. <laughs> yeah. and be like oh Sean and Craig talk about cow and beef or you know some, something like that we, we'd focus on it but when we had a, we the a meeting Fowler met the guys some guys through in Edinburgh and some boys through in Glasgow and, and I think what they did when they made the pilot was I'm not going to say strongest hand because I don't think that's fair I think that everyone involved with the terrace is, is, is good but I think they wanted someone like I, I, you have to ask that I suppose I'm perhaps the most and I'm using this for bunny squeaky clean. You, you I knew, know i where in Aye, the... <laughs> that's uh, my, my air quotes. I think it might, it might have been one of the most squeaky clean. And so Fowler, is, I, I thought Fowler presented it and we'd get wheeled on. But he said, no, you, you present it. Him and Joel have got like, an encyclopedic knowledge of Scottish. Like Fowler one season watched every single game in the Scottish top flight. That's... Literally watched every single game in the Scottish top flight. Nearly broke him. Honestly, nearly broke him. How he managed I it. I didn't enjoy that kid. Oh man, oh tell it to him. It's like it became, I think it was all right for about the first week. And then <laughs> when he was realized like he's got his work and other stuff to catch up on, then he realized this is absolutely horrendous. Mm-hmm. And so it was Joel and Phil have got a brilliant knowledge of football. And Sean is Sean's just a lovely guy, you know. Sean, as you see him on TV, that's exactly how he comes across. Just very knowledgeable, very funny, funny guy. So they went with the they went with the four of us and and it's just it's, it's been a good decision It's worked very well. I think that 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 as we spoke about that chemistry earlier it, it's, it's got stronger and it's strengthened our bonds as as friends being being able to present it and and again, very flattered to have been asked by Fowler to to present it um, and I, I'll always be be grateful for that opportunity because there could have been there are a number of guys that are involved in that podcast who are who are more than capable of of presenting it. And it just so far happened that, that he asked me, and and yeah, d- d- delighted with the decision.
1: Yeah, I might have read this wrong, Craig, because you, you come across to me like a, a massive football fan, and you certainly are knowledgeable as well. But did you get into this then, when you were seventeen? Yeah, that's right. I right. do you know it's, when Stenny, I would have been about
0: eight or nine. Eight, it would have been when Stennis had that cup run. And uh, when they beat Aberdeen, they beat St. Johnston, beat Aberdeen and got to the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup. And it was, that was a red letter day for the town, that game against Aberdeen, because normally you've got crowds of like 500, 600 there. And then suddenly you've got View, a couple of thousand people there, which is in which is incredible. And, and as a wee boy, seeing something that's happening five minutes for your front door. That's incredible, and that's something you want to be involved in. So it's very easy to get swept up in that, especially after beating Aberdeen, which was a which was a huge result. Even at the time, it was like an eight year old. You know, this is this is absolutely incredible. But when when you don't have those runs and you're watching the team playing like Meadowbank Thistle and Sterling Albion or whoever, it's like this isn't as interesting, and it's very easy to drift away. And like growing up, I mean, my dad's my dad used to play football. My dad's got three appearances for Queen of the South. Really? You know that, so he's he's, a, he's an ex-pro. He he never really like took me along to games or anything like that. So it was more or less like to fall into it myself. And it wasn't until I was at high school, my mate gave me a Championship Manager ninety nine two thousand. Played that and then got right into football, and I supported like Newcastle because I like the strip. You know with the grandfather collar and Blackburn because they had that that strip with the the, the half and half.
1: I think we must be around about the, the same age because that was you know must have been the 90s or so. And I remember when we were, that was when the two of them were almost competing near the top of the English yeah. Premiership. And I, I had that Newcastle shirt as well. And I, yeah. it was the Shearer and Sutton up front. Well, Genoa
0: and it? Philippe Albert and all that sort of stuff. But I liked Arsenal. I, then I settled in Arsenal as my English team. But in terms of Scottish football, it wasn't until finishing up, about to finish up my sixth year at school, I like had a mate that said you should come along to, to Steny. And going along to, I remember Paul McGrillen and obviously a mother mother, will legend and, and God rest his soul. Uh, terrible what happened there. and A great player as well. Paul McGrillen, John Paul McBride, who I remember at one point they were saying he's yeah. going to be the new Paul McStay. Wonderful talent, wonderful talent. Just like issues off the park that, that stopped him. But going along there, seeing these guys and, and being in this, like, this stadium that's half full, Old people shouting, horrible pitch, horrible football, pumped by, I think it was East Fife, watching it and thinking, This is terrible. Don't know how anyone could come to this. This is this is just a joke. But then I went the next week and I don't know what happened in that 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 following week, but it was all of a sudden, it was like, I am the Stennis Muir fan. Like I love this. Can't cannot explain what happened, but it was just something happened that that second week where it was just like it all just all the pieces just all fell into place and and suddenly, the team the team had been relegated by that point, I think it was against Alloa, that, that final game of the season, it was like, I cannot wait for the new season to start. Cannot wait. The whole 4 or 5 season ended up finishing like 6th or 7th or something, but we went to every, certainly every home game. I worked, I worked nights, I uh, worked evenings on a Saturday night at that point, but just couldn't wait for, for the games. All you thought about was, was going to the games, and it felt as though this is the sort of thing I, I should have been doing when I was like about... Nine or ten, you know, when your, when your football's first, first forming. So I'm a bit of a bit of a late starter in in that regard. But I I, I love the club, I absolutely love the club, and I've been lucky enough to to do colour commentary for their, their streaming service that they had uh, since the the season restarted, and I think that strengthened the bonds with the football team. Like the going in there and seeing the the staff and seeing the players and the manager and getting a chat with them, you feel how lucky you are to to, to be part of that and and it's and it really made me appreciate how much the football club means to me and that's you know the, the pandemic's been horrible and I don't think there's much good that's come out of it, but that was certainly that's probably one positive. it's like how much Steny means to me.
1: I love how you say it was. It was that second game, you know, where it all clicked into place. Because there must be something subconsciously infectious about that first game. Because if you went to a pub that was absolutely dire, you know, and the oh. pitch flat and there was no atmosphere, and you're thinking this is crap, you wouldn't go back next week. I know. There I must be I... something in that first week that thought, you know what? I'll,
0: I'll try it again." I don't know what it was. I, honestly, I, I'm looking back, thinking I can't remember much about it. I can just in my mind, I can just see the pitch, like the state of the pitch. It was like you know when it gets to that that stage of the season where it's just it's absolutely done. It looks like a, like a worn out old carpet, yeah. and and the the team losing. But then going next week, and that's all you wanted to do was go to the football. And you're young, and you're you're, you're going to the pub and you're drinking. You're at university times, so don't have any real responsibilities. <laughs> Excuse me. It's just a, a very, a, a great time in a, in a young man's life. And the season, the 2005-2006 season, Stennis Muir finished that, that campaign with their highest ever points total. 73 points, I think it was. Still wasn't enough to win the league. They ended up finishing third and uh, getting knocked out of the playoffs by Berwick. And it's, that season, you, you know, it's I suppose it's quite a Scottish thing to more focus on like the glorious failures than, than the successes. Yep. Stennis we are not a successful club. And the fact that it was to see them come so close and that as well that season is is always uh, something that's uh, that's stuck with me but the club being not a successful club but they they'll give you that's what football does it's the same it's all relative I suppose Motherwell are a much bigger club but success has been like sporadic it's fair to say but I mean you think for yourself Derek that your football club gives you the best days of your life Absolutely. You know, some of, the, some of the results, some of the performances, like the 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 what, the what definitive banter years match when you beat Rangers in the playoffs. Like, to be a Motherwell fan across those two games must have been so much fun.
1: You know, it sounds sad for people that don't watch football and don't go week in, week out, because they won't understand that. But that was arguably one of the best days of my life. You know, <laughs> going to Ibrox in the first night, because it was the first day on the Sunday, going there on the mm-hmm. first night, and winning, you know, scoring three goals at Ibrox. When you usually go there and crumble, in the You
0: miles, miles ahead of them though. Just the counter attacking, the pace. Was it was the boy? Was it Lionel Ainsworth Was was uh, was playing? Yeah, he was yeah. just in a, a different class. And it was, it was. You're absolutely right. I think, and, and fact, it was Rangers as well. The team who. We're expected to just march back into yeah. the or march, march into the top flight and then stumbling, finishing behind Hibs and, and Hearts and, and then like really making an arse of it across those two games. And Motherwell just looking so comfortable. It, it must have been, been great to see.
1: I better give it a plug here, well, well, since you mentioned them, but we had Lionel on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So if anyone <laughs> uh, wants to go back and check that out, he was talking about his goals at Ibrox and his other time at Motherwell. So that was uh, yeah. a good guy as well, Craig, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, we've spoken a lot about football, I want, to, I want to ask, because when I was talking to someone that you mentioned earlier on the podcast, Jordan, who put us mm-hmm. in touch, uh, is opening gambit was, Craig is a, a, an enthusiast and an expert in everything pop culture, so what, what do you do away from football, what, what's your other pleasures and hobbies?
0: Other pleasures and hobbies, I watch, I, I, I watch terrible films and that's 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 something I do. i've got into bad habits like i i live i love myself live myself so when i'm working at the like working from home i i've got my t v just like where, where i'm staring just now, and so i don't think when you're working from home you can't watch something good because if you're going to watch something good. You're going to be drawn away from it, and you're not going to focus on the day-to-day work that you're getting paid for. So I like having the telly
1: on during the day while you're
0: working. Man, I've just just the volume's down quite low, and I've I've watched um, I I got Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime there is so much shite in there. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but there is so much shite, and it's very easy to find the shite. And I watched a TV movie called "Stopped by My Doctor," (laughs) and I watched the sequel "Stopped by My Doctor: The Return." And that's something I've spent a lot of time with. A lot of people say there's so many good things in the world. Why not focus on them instead? And I, they're probably right, but it's sometimes easier just to, to focus on the shite. I like reading. I like, I like read good books, though. Don't, no time for shite books. I like reading good books. play the electric guitar. I like playing video games. So nothing too necessarily outrageous, you know, that in terms of, I'm not like, like lion taming or, or like a trapeze artist or anything like that. All fairly ordinary hobbies, but... Ah, there's enough uh, with lockdown. You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. You do miss your friends, but there's enough like around the the, the house to to keep the mind um, ticking over.
1: can't believe you watch telly when you're working from home. That would distract me too much. I can't even multitask. No, nah, it's, it's it's like
0: I've, the only very rarely have have I lost lost my attention. Like I started watching not long after we went into lockdown back in March. I started re-watching The Wire for about the third time. And I will admit that yes, there were times for I would end up watching The Wire rather than doing work because the wire's so good and it's so rich and it's, it's so well written. But I mean, I'll be honest there that you can you can have stopped by my doctor on in the background and you can <laughs> you can look up from scene to scene and you're not really going to miss much because if you imagine a movie called Stopped by My yeah. Doctor and if you were to imagine how the film structured and what happens in it, you're probably right. You're probably right. There's no, there's no real secrets or twists or anything in stop by my I'm doctor. I'm
1: going to need to get this on Monday morning. Log into work. Stop by my doctor on the telly. Here we go.
0: It's honestly, it's, um, it's a, it's, it's decent fun. And Eric Roberts is in it, and he's always like a, you know, a bit hammy, but
1: it's, it's fine. Worth watching. I have to say, you know, throughout this lockdown, my, my go-to, and it wasn't before, is was game shows. I'm obsessed with the Chase. Beat the Chaser. <laughs> Tipping point, all oh, this crap, and I'm just thinking, what am I doing in my
0: life? Listen, you know, it's it's. I think when the, the lockdown restrictions were, were first announced, I think people would have had great intentions, like brilliant. I'm going to start writing that novel I've been promising myself. I'm going to learn how to cook. I'm going to I'm going to learn how to speak German. And and you think, fuck, after doing a hard day's work and not really being able to get out of the house, sometimes you just want to sit on the couch and just watch shite and just let it sink it sink into your eyes and out the back of your head and there's nothing nothing wrong with like quizzes and step to doctor, you know all that sort of stuff it's there's no there's no shame in that and i'm sure there's people who have responded very well to the pandemic and have found themselves incredibly productive and there'll be people that are just like just getting their head down and doing away and just can he wait for it the that that light at the end of the tunnel? And I think that by the sounds of the, the you talking about the chase and me talking about the shout movies, I think you and I are, are both in a similar boat there.
1: Get us back to the football stadiums as soon as oh, possible. Can't wait. Can't wait. What's the future looking like for firstly Craig Telford and also a view from the terrace? What can I, we be expecting? I we
0: we take it like a block at a time. So we get commissioned for it was it was twenty episodes. So we got commissioned for the when we came back from September to December, and then from January to I think it's the April, so we just—it sounds boring. Take each game as it comes, you know. Like I said earlier, Derek, it's just all about making sure that the 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 next episode is better than the last, so that the, the people at the BBC can see everything going in an upward direction, and and just making sure that the fans are watching it, we're enjoying it, and it's still good and it's still challenging. And it's entertaining and it's funny. That's that's the most important thing. And if you said to me in like five years' time, like if a view for the terrace is still going and I'm still like doing similar what I'm doing outside of that, I'd be delighted with that. You know, it's never in a million years did think that one you get to you get to chat with your mates about football on the telly. So you take you're very like don't it sound like a like a Instagram motivational quote, but blessed.
1: If you know what I mean, well, you could get a job with the Marvel
0: Media team. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you take you take it like that. And if if any opportunities come off the back of that, then then, then, then brilliant. I've been again very lucky to um, to have done some done some presenting for like the the Scottish FA at the 2019 World Cup. Myself and Big Graham Thewlis did the Instagram live and Facebook videos for that, which was which was great. And getting out with Thewlis, you probably know him. Well, yeah. yeah. Ah, he's a is he just an absolute diamond, and and we got the basically the keys to Hamden could go anywhere apart for the changing rooms and just like me and him just wandering around filming stuff, getting the pitch and like this distance from Celtic when they were celebrating the cup win, it was uh, it was amazing and getting to do that and I've done stuff for the like the hosting event for the the Scottish business uh, uh, Scottish business club Scottish Scottish FA business club where. It's like hospitality, you get to down in the museum, down in Hamden, where you'll get to interview a, a former player. So I've interviewed Kenny Miller like, to an audience, which was, which was class, and, and him talking about playing for Scotland and all that, which is great. So if there's any opportunities that come off the back of it, then, then magic. But the main, main concern is just making sure that a view for the terrace is still as good as it can possibly be.
1: That's brilliant. That's exciting, you know, and it's good to see hard work paying off as well, Craig. You know, and, and I wish you all the the very best for the future. Thank you. I it's hard work trying to balance like a
0: full time job and and trying to do it, but it's worth it. You know, when you watch the episode on a on a Friday night, and and you find yourself laughing along with it. Then then I think that's all that's all been it's you all pay worth every
1: it it. Friday to watch it.
0: Oh, aye. I. I think the only episode I, I, I say I don't think I've missed an episode since it's been on. The only time I missed the first half hour because I'd been on a date with a lassie in Glasgow and I called it early so I could get back up the road and and watch it. But I missed the train by minutes. I had to wait for another the, the next train and then missed the missed the half hour. But I think you watch it back and it's
1: it's Mr. all romantic, just romantic. Hey, Mr. Romantic. Oh, Chris, this is class. Not, I'm going up the road. Like, Watch myself we, on the telly. We didn't see each other again.
0: We only went out the once. So I, I, mean, I wonder maybe, why. But it's always just watching it back, you know, to, to you're watching it as well to enjoy it, but you're also watching it with a critical eye and thinking, right, what can we do? What can we do to make it make make it better? And, and for me, at the time being, that's the most important thing is keep on working hard and, and try to and make the show as, as good as it can possibly be.
1: It's funny that you mentioned, you know, balancing it with a, a full-time job as well. And, and you touched on that earlier, you know, working in communications and, I think when people view people on the television, you know, they just think they're super famous. They must be making a fortune, you know. What do you mean they've actually got another job? You know. <laughs> and, and I think you know this is unfortunately a, a way that the creative industries have went to a certain extent. You know, you you've got people that are playing in touring bands, for example, all across yes. Europe, and then when they come home, you know, they're they're working as a labourer or they're doing something else yes. for the rest of it. You know, and I, I think people would probably watch yourself on the BBC and be shocked that you have to do another job as well.
0: Aye, it's just the way I mean we, we only work for like one day a week. There's, there's guys like Andy, the producer and Jordan, that's a full-time job as is is working so Jordan balances the work of like directing of youth for the terrace We're also directing the the studio something company and he's got a young family on top of that and he's training to do i like a run 100k so god only knows where jordan laird finds the time to time to do anything you have you really got to say fair play to him and for me that just pitches up once a week talks about breaking and fucks off up the road you know it's it's a it's a bit different but i'm, I'm lucky that i've got a, a sound boss like, I'm using annual leave, like, like so that's my it's time that I'm entitled to. But to, to, to block book all these Wednesdays off to go and film the show, you've got to have a sound boss because they just be like, yeah. turn and say, Listen, there's no working for us. We need you in the, we, in the office, as it would be. We need you in the office like five days a week. So very very lucky with that, and let's say the the universities are a really good good place to work. And it's, it's I've got the support of my, my boss and my, my team around me that all appreciate that this is something that I really really enjoy uh, doing, and they they want to want to give me that support.
1: You've got a support just now, but if he watches this and knows that you're watching Stock by my doctor all day, then it might might change. See, I had it on in the background. That's that's so
0: I say. I had a Stock by my doctor on in the background.
1: Craig, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time.
0: No, cheers, man. That's, uh, that's a good way to kick off a, a Saturday morning, Derek. It was great to meet you and it was great to talk about myself for the past hour. So thank you for the opportunity.
1: Not at all, not at all. Thanks to everyone who has watched uh, or listened to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please like and subscribe uh, and check out some previous episodes. <laughs>